0: Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shineman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast.
1: I wanna welcome everyone to the Librarian Influencers Podcast today, and I have librarian Carrie White with me. So Carrie, tell us a little bit about your background in the library.
0: Okay, I'm happy to. Um, I taught for two years in the classroom uh, before I taught as a school librarian for 15 years. Okay, I was in elementary schools and one high school, and in different school districts. Some in small towns, and some most recently in a large district in San Antonio.
1: Oh, okay, very good. Um, do you just out of curiosity, like, did you notice any big differences between small town school libraries and, and urban district school libraries?
0: Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, one thing that's different is the number of librarians that you have to work with and collaborate with. Okay, uh, that's one point. of the reasons I was excited to come to a larger school district is yeah. because we have over 40 elementary schools. Oh my gosh. In our meetings, I had 40 other librarians who were doing the exact same thing that I was, whereas in a small district, there was only one other elementary school librarian. And it happened that she did things very differently than I did and didn't really care to collaborate. So I was on my own.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. But that is a good point, you know, because you and larger districts, you are going to have more ideas to bounce around with people, not more ideas, but more people to bounce your ideas off of and just get inspiration from. But well, that, that's a very good point. Was funding any different out of curiosity?
0: The funding was has been good in all the places I've been. So okay. uh, that that was not different in small towns. There was good library funding. Uh, yeah. Surprised, yeah. You might be surprised to know that. Yeah. No, but that is good. That's very, very
1: good. All right. So when you think back to the beginning, when you were starting out, I I love for people to tell stories because most of my audience is early career librarians and that they, you know, they need to know that they're not alone, you know, in the things that they're going through. But what do you remember about your first couple of years in the library?
0: Okay. Well, I remember uh, it was exciting and challenging. I actually began working as a librarian while I was still going to library school. So I had the teaching experience and I had borrowed books from the library, but I was learning how to be a librarian as I was working as a librarian. So one thing I remember, my first librarian job was in a kindergarten through second grade library. And I walked into the library and the books were sorted into AR and not ar <laughs> oh no
1: <laughs> i bet you nearly well did you know at the beginning of your your because of your classes did that still catch you
0: off guard or were... <laughs> it did just even okay. from being a borrower at a library i've yeah. never been in a library organized like this so yeah. uh as many of us have experienced, we recruit the the nearest volunteers, which is our family. So one weekend, one Saturday, we went in there and we pulled every book off the shelf. Oh my goodness. Resorted it into uh, Dewey order. So it was pretty easy to do the alphabet and the numbers, uh, even without library school. So we reorganized the books and then I went on from there uh, figuring out how to be a librarian. I think uh, my Follette representative, who was the only one that came to the small town, I feel like oh. he was part of my library learning too. As, as yeah, people, what books do you want to order? And I was, like, I don't know. Well, what books <laughs> should I order? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and that, that's, that's a good point. You really need to develop relationships with those vendors. Uh, because they, they do know, you know, what's popular and they know what's, you know, how to give some advice on
0: that. <laughs> oh yes, goodness. and they have tools a lot of times, yes. you know, like yeah. to analyze your collection. I hadn't learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so he showed me how to analyze, you know, what items might be old and outdated, yeah. what items were circulating most often. Yeah. And that was really helpful to me.
1: That's awesome. Very good. All right, so when you're thinking back again to the beginning, is there any kind of advice that you wish you would have known?
0: I think I would, if I could tell myself back then, I would tell myself to find a mentor. Mm I think that would have helped me learn things more quickly because there is a lot that you learn in library school but there's a lot of practical knowledge you learn by experience. So (laughs) you could find somebody experienced and just start learning right away from them, then you'll save yourself a lot of time on that learning.
1: Very good point.
0: In our district here in San Antonio, we have a formalized mentoring process. Nice. So if you're in a large district, you might find that just like teachers have typically a more experienced teacher in the district. But if if you don't have that, I feel like you in, 2020, when we're living now, you could reach out on Twitter, on, you know, in a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. find a librarian whose posts kind of have a similar philosophy to the way that you think. And I think anybody would be happy if you reached out to them to remain in contact with you and answer your questions.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree on that, awesome. All right, so I know that your career has taken a lot of different um, paths and led you to a very exciting change right now. So tell us, Nat, what are you doing right now in relation to school libraries?
0: So now I am working from home as a library curriculum designer. Um, I am working with Colette J from Mrs. J in the library website and we are working on developing a librarian curriculum oh. both of us felt like it's kind of odd that when uh say a second grade teacher walks into her classroom she is handed a curriculum of this is what you're going to teach throughout the year but mm-hmm. when librarians walk onto the job then uh they get blank paper yeah <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You're right. And, uh, it's creating your own. So we're working to try to come up with, uh, you know, what would be good lessons to teach for, say, second grade in the okay. library throughout the year.
1: Okay. Now I know that you are from Texas. Where Where is she from?
0: She's in Pennsylvania.
1: Okay. So this is not necessarily going to be tied into a state and what, what's going on, you know, with their curriculum. So you're looking at this more as like a, just a universal kind of pro, uh, design, it sounds like.
0: Right, right. I'm looking at the perspective from the Texas standards and she teaches with Common Core. So mm-hmm. it, w- it will include both of those. That is awesome. I cannot wait. What Are there any projections on when you'll have this ready to roll out? Uh, possibly next year. We have been working on it for a while and now, of course, it needs to have more distance learning because, oh
1: yeah, (laughs) the world (laughs) (laughs) changed.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we never Needs to have in-person and online components to it. Awesome. That is fantastic. Looking forward to hearing more about that.
1: All right. So Carrie, you've worked in uh, several different districts you had mentioned and you've seen, um, librarians in small versus large districts, but what do you see overall is like, what, what, how would you describe the influence that a librarian can have um, in a district?
0: Well, I think uh, a librarian has influence on the campus. Um, one thing that librarians have that's unique is that in, el- for example, in elementary school We see children from sometimes pre-K all the way through fifth grade and we've seen their siblings Mm -hmm. um, grow. So we know some things about the family. We know about the child. So we can say to a student in fourth grade, hey, what's going on? You used to love reading in first grade in Mrs. So-and-so's class. What's going on this year? where the fourth grade teacher gets that student and thinks huh this one just doesn't like reading yeah, but we point. know because they used to run into our library as often as they could in first grade we know they used to love reading so mm-hmm. something happened mm-hmm. and we can connect with them and talk about that
1: yeah that's true and i hadn't i had not thought about it as long-term influence or long-range influence but but you're right this is when we think about the the time that we do spend with kids, um, you know, whichever level you're, you're with, and right. you'll have them for several years. So very good point. All right. So, what kind of influence are you working on now, like with, with your current role?
0: Well, um, I created about four years ago. I created the Learning Librarians Facebook group, um, which. At the time, it was just myself and an idea I had reflecting back, like I said, on when I used to be kind of a Lone Ranger and didn't have anybody to share ideas with. I thought, what if we could connect all of the librarians who are feeling like a Lone Ranger, connect them together so that they just have a group of people to ask questions?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So I... I created the group, and we're over 17,000 now. We have librarians oh, wow. <laughs> from all over the world. That's outstanding. And um, I, I love that project. It's, uh, it's now more uh, moderating that group and uh, making sure we're still having respectful conversations with each other, even though many, many different viewpoints are represented. When I we bet. <laughs> humans together, but it just amazes me that now, you know, a librarian will ask, my student is looking for a book, and it's about a dog, and the cover is green, and boom, 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 <laughs> and, there's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of them is the one that the student was looking for, or oh, funny. I have no idea, you know, what to teach next week around this subject, who has some ideas, and boom, 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 you mm-hmm. just get many different suggestions. Um, and after four years of content, there's, you know, you could just use the search bar. So, oh, yeah. for example, you know, if you wanted to teach something for Veterans Day, you, d- you could just put veteran in there and you can see four years worth of suggestions. That's so I good. Think I, think I think a
1: lot of people don't know about that feature of Facebook. Like a, when, when you're in a group, that you can search, or is yours a page or a group? I'm not sure which it's one. It's a group. A group, yeah, that that feature is available. You know, they they just think they need to scroll. I was like, oh no, you'll never, no. <laughs> you, you won't even get through a single day, you know. <laughs>
0: but, exactly.
1: Well, that's great. So the, the makeup of your group, I know you said it's, it's international, but what about the grade level ranges? Is it more predominantly like lower grades or a good mix of,
0: well, how would you describe it's, that? It's a good mix of grades. Um, okay. I mean, elementary through high school not okay. really college or academic library right, right. Uh, okay. but elementary middle school and high school are represented and I feel like that's something we also learn from each other that a lot of times I see elementary librarians commenting on display ideas from high school librarians that oh, they uh-huh. and and bring a little something different into the yeah. elementary library
1: That's awesome. Okay, so that group I know takes a lot of your time. What else do you do to kind of work with librarians?
0: Well, I I still blog on my library learners website. I started that in 2011 and um, I continue with that and I also write a newsletter for school librarians, the Library Learners Journal, and I try to, I I send that twice a month and I try to kind of boil down a lot of the good ideas that I've seen so that librarians get something in their inbox that maybe they can just pick out one or two ideas that work yeah. for them, Good. Uh, in a world of information and ideas. Oh yeah, I know because there's so so <laughs> much it can really be overwhelming at times. I agree.
1: Okay, um, so when you when you're thinking about like some main things that librarians should do, what, what would you say are the, some of the main core things?
0: Well, I think uh, a couple of things we need to do. One is collaborate with other librarians and with the teachers on our campus. Mm-hmm. When, when I think of the most amazing things that happened in my school library, they were not things that I did on my own. They were things that I collaborated either with the teachers on my campus or with other librarians. Mm-hmm. So a couple of examples of that are, um, we had a book club after school okay. that was myself and several fourth and fifth grade teachers. So we all ran that book club together and we read the Blue Bonnet books Okay. over the course of the year which is our state award list and we met every single monday the students each got paperback copies of books to keep we met together we got into small groups to discuss the books we got to read and share reading with some really enthusiastic readers we had some skype visit with visits with authors wow And all of that was possible because there were several of us. So we could divide up the work and each do a little bit, but make something really amazing when we all work together. So that would, if I was doing it myself, I could have run a book club by myself, but I couldn't have done what five teachers did being Mm -hmm. just one person myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Another, I also think we need to provide opportunities for students to practice collaborating. When uh, I was working in Northeast ISD several years ago, we got to take a field trip to the Google offices in Austin. And we looked at how they worked. And at the end, we were allowed to ask questions. And we asked, what should we be doing with our students to prepare them if they wanted to work at a place like Google when they grow up. And we all expected, they would say, to spend time coding, to teach the language of code, but they did not. They said, teach them to work together. Oh, interesting. They said that is the skill that they are looking for and it's very difficult to find. And they said that when they interview potential employees, at the first interview, they give the employee a problem to, the potential employee, a problem to solve, and then they come back for the second interview, and they don't ask the employee what is the solution to the problem. They ask the employee, how many people did you ask for help? Oh my goodness, wow. And if the potential employee says nobody, then they say goodbye. Goodbye, yes. <laughs> wow, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's not the employee we want. So. Yeah. I think that's one of the challenges we face right now is that we can't have children working, you know, elbow to elbow at a table as we could a year ago, but I think we need to find ways uh, with, you know, possibly Google Slides or Google Classroom, uh, some kind of digital collaboration so that they do have the experience of working together and problem solving together.
1: Okay. Very good. Very insightful too, because we, you know, we always talk about being future ready and our kids need to, um, we need to be aware of that kind of thing so we can help our students um, be able to do that kind of thing. That's awesome. Now, Carrie, I know you and I met years ago, actually serving on an awards committee together. Um, yeah. And you, so you've been very active in things over the years, but I know that really and truly library centers has kind of just become your thing. You know, when I think think of your name, you know, I think of library centers. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about maybe how that got started and what you've done um, with library centers.
0: OK, well, that got started again when I started out as a librarian. Um, I I'm not sure where I got this idea, but I had this idea that this is how library time would go. I would read or teach a lesson and students would check out books and then they would all sit quietly and happily and silently reading (laughs) that they checked out. (laughs) I did have real children at home, so I'm not sure why I thought that was really going to work, but as I can tell by your laughter and and I'm laughing at it myself, that that was not a really good plan. Yeah. Um, because, you know, maybe one or two children in every class do want to sit quietly and read, but <laughs> the rest of them do not. And if you do not give them a direction, they will choose their own activities. Um, so I looked around at what teachers were doing in the classroom and saw them using learning centers very successfully. So I thought we could definitely use that in the library. Yeah. And I set up centers and then students after they check out books have their option of several different centers uh, Mm -hmm. that they can choose from. So that really transformed my library teaching because the students had a choice, which they often don't in the classroom. True, They are able to move around. The library, which again, they may have been sitting at a desk for quite a while uh, working on desk work in the classroom, so they have a chance to move around. They're able to collaborate and work with other students. They're able to talk through as they solve problems and that helps develop vocabulary. When stakeholders like your principal or you never know who's going to walk through your library you're kind of the center of the school so it could be the principal it could be the superintendent uh you know i've had all kinds of people have walked through and you want them to see learning going on and library centers i feel like really show students engaged in active learning Uh, so i have uh, i use those in elementary school. I also use those when I was a high school librarian, because when I was a high school librarian, the mission that my principal gave me is to get the students using the library. Um, In a high school, a library is a a huge room and a very well-expensively equipped room, and... (laughs) It's the the largest, best equipped classroom on campus, I believe. But he wanted that library to be used. And so I set up centers so that teachers could send students on passes. And if they finished their schoolwork, they could come into the library and do different activities. They could make a lanyard, a beaded lanyard for their ID card or uh, something like that and that helped students to feel welcome and at home in the library.
1: Okay, very good. Yeah, because I, I didn't even think about high school because my, my background also teaching and library is elementary. Um, okay. So I did, you know I naturally thought of centers for that, but I, that makes sense that you could use it with secondary as well. All right. Um, so if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your book, like how it's set up, what would somebody see if they were to open it up and look at it? If they're
0: looking for ideas. Okay, so the book uh, part of the book is the philosophy of why you want to have centers. Um, I believe that anything we do as educators, we need to really be invested in why we're doing it because Education is hard and it doesn't appear to be getting any easier anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But if you really have that deep seated belief in why you're doing what you're doing, then that helps you to persevere through the obstacles and uh, really get through the tough times. Because, you know, it's not just another item you're checking off a list. It's it's something that's really going to make a difference for students. Yeah. So um, I talk about why. Uh, you should use library centers. I talk about logistics, like uh, look around your library and see what you have. Because, of course, every physical library looks very different mm-hmm. um, as far as do you have tables or chairs or bulletin boards. Uh, so where would you set up centers? I talk about scheduling and your time Um, how will you incorporate centers for myself? I taught my lesson or mini lesson, depending on how much time I had. Then the students checked out books, and then they had their choice of centers. Okay. But other people like to have more control, so they have the students stay at the tables after the lesson and one of the tables is the checkout center. So they have only students from one table at a time, go look for books.
1: That makes sense.
0: So there are a lot of different ways to do that. And I discuss that and discuss, you know, this, and it depends on what students you have and what your campus expectations are. Some campuses require maybe more control and some maybe more freedom and choice is appropriate. Mm -hmm good point about what would, what your admin, administrator expects to see. <laughs> right. Um, very, very
1: good point. All right. Okay. So for our, my listeners that are, are just starting out, what would be some first steps if they were thinking, oh my gosh, center sounds like the perfect thing to try. What, what would you recommend for them?
0: Well, what I would recommend, I think right. If I were in the library right this minute, I would definitely work on setting up some digital centers on my library webpage, okay. and maybe uh, make a list of different websites that they could go to and then have, um, assuming that you're using some type of digital learning platform like Google Classroom or another, then have a response that they would make in Google Classroom. For example, watch an animal webcam on explore.org and share on Google Classroom one thing that you observed about that animal. Okay. Or another uh, center might be go to our Google Classroom and reply to someone else's comment in a kind and respectful manner because (laughs) that's another skill that (laughs) we're teaching and that we want them to learn. So if I were doing... If I were teaching library centers right now, I believe I would set up those digital centers because that would allow both the students who are physically on campus and the ones who are at home learning to be a community participating in those centers together. And what good practice that is even for the future, you know, because I'm thinking more and more than a lot of our jobs are going to
1: transition to being, you know, at home or in person, you know, so they're practicing for their future jobs. So
0: Exactly a good
1: skill. very good skill. All right. well Carrie, thanks so much for sharing with everybody. Um, when you think about like your library centers or you think about um, things you want to share, where do you where do you get your ideas from? How do you keep learning?
0: I keep learning. I read other librarians blogs. Um, I read through our learning librarian Facebook group. And I see what other librarians are doing. Um, I love that. I love to see, you know, a librarian shares an idea, and another librarian tweaks it a little bit, and mm-hmm. another librarian shares his perspective on it. And uh, so I I read through that type of professional collaboration in our in our group. Okay. All right, so Carrie, I know
1: that there's gonna be people that want to, to learn more about the centers and want to learn more from you. So where will
0: they find you online so they can connect with you? Um, I do have a Library Learners Facebook page um, called Library Learners. Okay. We have the Learning Librarians Facebook group, which is me and 17,000 other <laughs> librarians. I'm on Twitter at my school MySchoolLibrary. Okay and um, if you go to the library learners website there's a place to subscribe to my newsletter if you'd like to connect with me via email then that's the place to do that
1: okay all right and so the listeners will have those links in the show notes for you so you can get on there and be able to find carrie real easily but carrie thanks so much for sharing today you've had some awesome ideas and i know everybody's going to get some um, great ideas of things that they want to continue learning about. So have a great day, and thanks again.
0: Thanks for having me. It was great to visit.
1: I want encourage everybody to get on to the show notes today at, at www.larshinneman.com and go to the blog. We are going to be having a raffle to give away one digital copy of Carrie's book, The Centered School Library. So get on to the show notes and sign up with your name and email, and we will do a drawing on December 11th. Good luck, everybody.